The 1980s was the decade that created the modern blockbuster. Seriously, what movie do you know today that was huge before the 80s? Don't answer that. I'm Drew Klawe, and I'm joined by Maddie Poulton, Kylie DeVitas, and Caitlin Dynan, and today we're going to argue until we hate each other about what the best 80s movie is between Dead Poet Society, Sixteen's Candles, The Breakfast Club, and The Empire Strikes Back, also featuring an interview with someone who actually lived in the 80s. The Empire Strikes Back is directed by Irvin Kirshner, stars Mark Hamill, Frank Oz, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, and Billy D. Williams, who I affectionately refer to as William December Williams, because that's his birth name, and it's just really cool. And is the second and objectively best movie in the Star Wars saga. Okay. Has anybody actually seen this movie? No. Nope. No. No. <laughs> All right. Basically, what Empire did was it created the modern blockbuster, okay? Because Star Wars came out, it was a huge hit, nobody expected it, and it was basically the first movie that, like, everybody was like, damn, we like this. <laughs> So then that put George Lucas on the map, and then he basically said, screw you to 20th Century Fox, because they were a whole issue on the first one, trying to get it made, and they thought it would never work. Uh, then the first one did really good, so then he got to basically do free reign for what he wanted for Empire. Uh, this movie is the one with the twist at the end, where Luke, I'm your father. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> there we go. That's what this I is, this, is, this is the one with Yoda. Um... <laughs> It's the one where Han and Leia fall in love. And it pretty much set the direction for where Star Wars is today and where Disney's taking it. Uh, also, this movie was the movie that sort of influenced cinema the most, in my opinion, for today. Because this was the first movie that really explored the characters in ways that nobody ever knew. And it was... You know how like every franchise kind of has like, ooh... The second act is dark. Like, the second movie in it yeah. is dark. This movie started that. Because at the end of this movie, spoilers for a 38-year-old movie, uh, <laughs> they lose bad. Mm -hmm. Luke gets his hand chopped off. Uh, the Empire has, like, forced the rebels out of their base. Han is kidnapped and frozen and sold to a giant slug monster. Um, Luke finds out that Vader is his dad, like I said before, and so it basically just destroys everything that, like, because on the first movie, they were riding high because they were like, yeah, we won. No. That's why it is called The Empire Strikes Back. They lose bad. That sounds crazy. Yeah. I feel like it's a... Just because, like, you said it's the one where he says, Luke, I'm your father. Like, and then we all said, oh. Like, so it's obviously <laughs> known for it that. Has a, it's a huge culture impact, mm -hmm. cultural impact from that. I can't words today. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen Star Wars. Um, the like Chewbacca and stuff. I don't know what movie I saw, but it gave me nightmares as a child. But, um, <laughs> definitely did not watch that one. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan of the, the newer ones, Ray. I think she's a very strong female role, so big fan for that, girl power. The fanboys are coming to kill you. How right? <laughs> for saying that? I, I agree with you, but like there will be people here momentarily right? to like rip you in half. Yeah, no, I've gotten in many arguments over that. Wow. I have no experience with Star Wars. My brothers do, but I don't. <laughs> so next is my movie that I picked, and I chose The Breakfast Club, and that was directed by John John Hughes in 1985. And I said this famous film focuses on five teens who all received attention under the supervision of their hot-headed principal. In this film, all five teens learn so much about themselves, specifically the people who they share the halls with. 
Since release, the film made $45 million and it was such a big hit with everyone of that generation. Um, this movie is still so famously referenced today and makes that generation very nostalgic. It is one of the films that is timeless and can be watched at any time by any age and still be relatable. Everyone at least once in their life has felt something that one of those characters felt. So I chose this film because when I first saw it, I was like, wow, that's a really good movie. It made me laugh. It made me cry. And I feel like not like, so like you could be any age, like as a teen, and you could relate to one of those kids in that movie because they all like were in there for different reasons. Like one was bad, one was good, one like was in there for like no reason, you know? Mm -hmm. Like I feel like anybody could relate to that and just watch it because it is so entertaining. Yeah, it covers the basic stereotypes that are in every teen 80s movie. Yeah. The nerd, the jock, the basket case. Like, it just covers every main stereotype, which is why it's easy to kind of fit yourself into that category. Right. Yeah, I really, I really feel like even in, like, today's, like, high school movies, like, they do still play off the mm-hmm. same stereotypes, so, like... Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's set the outline yeah. for, like, yeah, no. characters. The John Hughes film set the teen rom-com yeah, definitely. genre, that, and everybody uses it today. Well, to the point of where they, like, they described, I remember when they were promoting Spider-Man Homecoming, they were saying this movie is a John Hughes movie with superheroes, and that's what yeah. made everybody, like... Yeah, he's, like, known for it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that they did that with Spider-Man. <laughs> they said that, and then they took... They said that for some of the Harry Potters, too, oh, when really? they were still in the school. Oh. So he... John Hughes has impacted all the things. Cool. Yeah. yeah. He definitely has, and I feel like... You know, that's just, like, his thing. It's, like, rom-coms. But, um, also, I wanted to talk about The Principal, too, because... Have you guys seen the movie? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, The Principal, he's actually, like, so mean to the kids. He's, like, miserable. And I feel like he just takes out his anger on, like, especially, um... Bender. Bender, yeah. And he just took it out on him for some reason. I mean, he did take it out on the other ones, too, Mm -hmm. but definitely not, like, him. So I feel like... Like, nowadays, if a principal tried to pull with what he did, like, he locked him in a closet. Like, no principal's getting away with that. Like, he just kept his mouth shut, and he, like, left after detention without saying anything. And he was, like, threatening to punch him. He's like, fight me. Or he was like, punch me, remember? Yeah. So, I don't know. I feel like that's just insane, too. Definitely shows how different it was, like, in the, the decades, 80s compared yeah. to now. Anything? I mean, that movie just has so many iconic scenes. When you think 80s, you think The Breakfast Club. Like, with, you're like, oh, I, I love 80s movies. They're like, oh, Breakfast Club. Like, yeah. Yeah. running down the hallways, the ending scene, Simple Minds. Like, everything about that movie just... Is iconic. It's just iconic. Like, I everybody think, thinks about it. I think that's the difference between, like, the three of your movies versus mine. Like, you guys are very 80s because they're set in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Mine just happens to be a movie that came out in the 80s. 80s. But it's, it's, like, it, futuristic, kind of. Uh, actually, it's a long time ago. <laughs> it's yeah, I don't know. Too far from of actually. Oh, actually. <laughs> it's the opening line. <laughs> oh, well, well it, it, they do act futuristic. Now the fanboys are coming for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, so I decided to do 16 Candles, which is another John Hughes film. Uh, it's 1984, Team rom It tells the story of Samantha, which is played by Molly Ringwald. And she's a 16-year-old girl whose birthday becomes overshadowed because of her sister's upcoming wedding. And while dealing with all of that, she falls in love with an attractive older boy, Jake Ryan, the love of my life, played by Michael Schofling. Uh, But she kind of fears that he doesn't know she exists, which is a basic 
80s plot line. Mm-hmm. The boy, the girl in love with the boy, and he's the popular boy. Um, and then, while all of this is happening, she also has to deal with the affections of Nerdy Ted, played by Michael Anthony Hall, who um, sadly seems to be the only boy in school who shows the interest in her. So I personally love this movie. Once I was old enough, because this movie is kind yeah. of, it's kind of risky, Yeah. but once I was old enough, my mom showed me it, and we watched it for days straight. I would always ask her to put it on. John Hughes films are my personal favorite. Breakfast Club, like all of those. Uh, it's just one of those movies that you can just sit down and watch. It's just like a feel-good movie. And it set the tone for so many other um, teen rom-coms, like such as the ones today all coming out on Netflix, that when you look at them, you read them, and you're, or you watch them, and you're like, John Hughes. Um, it has the most iconic scene, mm-hmm. Jake waiting outside of the wedding chapel for, mm-hmm. for Samantha. And so many fangirls fell in love with Jake Ryan. Like, he is just, like, the 80s. He's beautiful. Yes, he's so beautiful. <laughs> um, and it also kind of made nerds cool. Like, this movie, I kind of feel like with Ted. Yeah. Since he, like, he kind of becomes cool. Like, he's friends with Jake. He got to the party. Yeah, like, it kind of set the tone for the cute, nerdy, like, nerdy boy. Yeah, because then he gets with the popular girl. Yeah. At the end. I mean, there's a lot of... Um, controversy coming out recently in this movie yeah that it's sexist um rape culture yeah which i mean i understand but i feel like in the 80s it was just such like a like a simpler time Mm -hmm. where people didn't really worry about that so i don't know i just feel like this movie has some of the most iconic scenes in the 80s john hughes films in general i feel like are the like that's that's the 80s but i mean have, yeah. any, have you guys seen this movie? Yes. Yes, okay. I'm so happy I have seen it. <laughs> I know. It's my yeah. favorite. Um, also, I was going to say, because you said it's a feel-good movie. Yeah. Like, I remember the first time I saw it, I felt so giddy. I was like, oh, I was a cute yeah. monster. Because, like, that's every girl's dream. Like, your mm-hmm. biggest crush to yeah. like you back. Especially yeah. in high school when she just turned 16. Mm-hmm. She's having, like, the worst day ever. Her parents forgot her birthday. And then she finds out, like, the boy she, like, loves likes her back. Yeah. So, like, that's such a, like, oh, like, yeah. my heart flutters. <laughs> it's relatable. I mean, every, yeah. almost every girl has been in love with the cute older boy. Yeah. And to see it actually, like, their love blossom, mm-hmm. and it's like, just, it makes you feel good. Yeah. And <laughs> if you've seen Jake Ryan, you would love him, too. <laughs> I actually have a shirt that says I heart to Do love. you? Yeah. I mean. He's so pretty. <laughs> that kind of girl. <laughs> Drew. So. What? You, you as feel? a as a male, how do you feel about Jake Ryan and sixteen? You know, what's your opinion on Jake Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> on him specifically? His beauty. Uh, he's a good looking dude. Very good looking. I I can admit that. How would you feel? Cause like there's people saying that it's like racist with Wong yeah. Dong. Like, what's your opinion? Yeah, because he, he's such a stereotypical character. Yeah. I I think that like. I think there's there's a difference, but we're getting political here now, guys. Yeah. Uh, but I think there's a difference between intending to be racist and like this. Mm-hmm. It's a fault for the time frame. Yeah. yeah. Same thing yeah. with the like the rape culture. Right. Like it's yeah. just like yeah. in the time they were kind of just like it's yeah. funny the nerd and, yeah. the, and the popular girl. But now once you rewatch it, you kind of get that feeling. And you're like kind of on it. It's like, like yeah, it's today. Not, yeah. It's kind of like fly today. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Like in the time, like when I first watched it, I'm not gonna lie, I thought it was really funny. Like yeah, like, it's just stereotypical. It's like you know they're not trying to harm anyone. I don't Mm-mm. think, but like it was just the time and it was just supposed to be funny. I don't think it meant to go out of, like you know out yeah, of out the bounds. Yeah. 
But definitely today, that would not fly. No. But, like, with all that aside, it does have some of the most iconic scenes. Oh, for sure. And it's just such a fun movie. Like, I Mm -hmm. love the whole party scene when you see what they do to his house. Oh, my gosh. When she gets her hair cut in the door. (laughs) (laughs) And the bubbles come out of, like, the air vent. Yeah. It's so good. My 80s movie was Dead Poet Society, and it's a beloved Robin Williams film that shows the importance of seizing the day and free thinking. The film follows a group of young boys at a private school who are impacted by their poetry professor, Mr. Keating. They learn the importance of finding um, your voice and questioning the world around you as they attend Keating's class. The film was directed by Peter Weir and won an Oscar for Best Screenplay Writing. Today, the film is still loved because of Robin Williams' beloved role and the themes of the film show. I chose this movie because I just love, like, the, um, like, the stress it makes to, like, seize the day, like, carpe diem, and just, like, um, Mr. Keating's, like, interactions with the kids, it definitely shows, like, just the impact that, like, education can have on someone, and this, like, um, we think of poetry as, like, a little, like, like, an art, kind of, Mm -hmm. and that it doesn't have, like, such a big weight, but in reality, like, in the movie, he talks about how, like, poetry is, like, the way that, like, words and thoughts will change the world and um he really stresses it to the kids who are like they're put at this like prestigious school so there's so much pressure on them and um i think it's just like the movie has so many different emotions in it like you're happy when the kids realize um like keating's lessons are like important but it's also sad um one of the boys in the film at the end kills himself mm-hmm. so you kind of see how um I did not like that part. <laughs> yeah i cried during that part me too um, you just see how like they had they had their lives are like such deeply like impacted by this man and um the school doesn't approve of like of of, um his lessons Mm -hmm. and so he eventually leaves the school and the boys are like trying to stick up for him and I don't know it just it's a feel-good movie but it also like makes you think and like makes you want to seize the day and like want to like question the world around you yeah I feel like it's a really sweet movie I saw it, like, once a long time ago, so I don't remember it that well, but I just remember it was so sweet. Like, when he got, didn't he get, like, a part in the role, one of the main kids? Yeah, the one. Or a part in a play or something? The one kid, like, he wanted to, um, I don't remember if he, if he went to the school, like, to, his brother went there, and his brother was Victorian, and, like, mm-hmm. he's, like, supposed to, like, follow his, his, like, footsteps. I think it ends up being the boy that kills himself, right? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It might be. And I then wasn't, so. like, the dad really pressuring him, too? I mean, I feel like... Um, Robin Williams' character in general can be super relatable yeah. because you can relate him because everybody I feel like has had that type of teacher yeah. where you yeah. trust and you just you go into the class and you're just like completely infatuated by them like everything they say you're just like yes yes like yeah. you just want to learn more so I feel like that character is super relatable because you can relate your school like your personal school experience yeah, to that to one teacher yeah. that you felt really close to yeah also it's just Robin Williams yes. everybody and loves him yeah, that's universal just, dad yeah everybody loves yeah. him the part like I watched it right after he died like my it was like part of my school lesson plan and there's like a line in the movie he's like we're like at one point in life like we'll all be like dead and like the sunflowers Ooh. or whatever mm-hmm. and oh, that, that just hits. like hit so hard yeah. Yeah. yeah I have chills me like, too I was like chills when you said that the fact is that like the sad part about this movie is that it deals with the suicide. Yeah. Right. And it, it's kind of ironic in a bad way. Now. Yeah, I hate yeah. that. I hate it, that. It's just, I think time has been kind and not kind to this movie because of that. Mm-hmm. Because right. you can't help but view it now as like, well, like, you can't help but view it as like it's 
it's just really sad yeah. at no, how life turned out from this. He takes, like, on a lot of, like, in this role, his role is happy, but in one of his other famous movies, like, Good Will Hunting, mm-hmm. um, it's another, like, kind of sad movie, mm-hmm. but um, I think, like, definitely it shows... Like, having the actor himself having mental health issues, and then also mental health issues being present in the film. Mm, right. Um, definitely, it's kind of like a full circle. Yeah, it's like a strange... Yeah, thing. no, definitely. Okay, vote time. All right, so the rules for this is we are each going to vote for one of the movies that we think was argued for the best. Uh, it's obviously the best one. Uh, but we can't vote for our own movie. So, just as a refresher, I did Empire... Um, I did Breakfast Club. I did Sixteen Candles. I did Dead Poet Society. So none of us are allowed to pick our own movie on this. So I will go first. I'm going uh, Sixteen Candles. <laughs> okay, um, I also, I'm also going Sixteen Candles. I'm going The Breakfast Club. I'm going The Breakfast Club too. Ooh, oh! <laughs> oh boy. All right, we're flipping a coin on this because Ty. <laughs> Blue is uh, Breakfast Club. White is... 16 candles. 16 candles. So Breakfast Club? Yeah. Alright, Breakfast Club cool. wins. I, I, need more I Breakfast feel like Club the weight wins. on this is yeah. off balance. <laughs> so I might have a coin. Okay, Breakfast Club wins then. Okay. okay, so now that we decided that the Breakfast Club is the winner, that'll be the end of our first episode. And for the next episode, we'll be discussing the 90s. Hi, I'm here with Sandy Poulton. Hi, Sandy. Hello. Um, I'm here to talk to you today about 80s movies, which I know is one of your favorite genres. Yes, it is. I consider myself an 80s girl. Uh, What would your favorite 80s movie be and why? That's a hard question. Um, I think that my favorite 80s movie would probably be 16 Candles. Um. Oh, I, I enjoy. I liked all the John Hughes movies, but Sixteen Candles still has a special place in my heart. Uh, what '80s movie scene do you feel is the most iconic? When I think back to '80s movies, I think there there's quite a few scenes that I feel like are iconic, and everybody recognizes them even today in 2018. Um, one would probably be Tom Cruise dancing around in his underwear in the '80s film Risky Business. Um, and another would probably be, um, in the breakfast club when they're running around in the halls to the music. Those I think are two that people would easily recognize and know what movie they came from. What do you think makes 80s movies still so appealing to today's generation? I think that in the 80s movies were simpler, um, Although I feel like they, you know, stereotyped kids, we could all kind of figure out where we fit in with these characters. Um, I think that I enjoyed the idea of the underdog um, always coming through. Um, I loved when I was in the 80s and I was a kid, I liked the idea of um, the innocent way people fell in love before all the technology and everything like that. I just felt like I could relate to the characters in the 80s movies more so than the kids today can relate to the characters in their movies. What is the main difference between 80s movies and movies from today? Um, Again, I think probably the main difference is that the movies back in the 80s 
there was a lot less, um, I don't want to say like, they, they just seemed like they were a little bit more innocent. Um, kids weren't on their cell phones in the eighties movies. People weren't posting everything on Facebook in the eighties movies. Everything was a much more simpler time. I also feel like the movies back in the eighties, um, especially, you know, the movies that I enjoyed, although they alluded to a lot of, um, relationship stuff, they didn't show it all like they do in today's movies. It's, it was just, I don't know, just seemed, they, they seemed simpler. They seemed more innocent. And, um, I feel like everybody once again could relate to the characters. Whereas in today's movies, they just don't seem to have that innocence to them. Everybody's so grown up in today's movies. If you could have an eighties movie remade, which would you want to see? Well, I think about this a lot and Whenever they do try to remake an 80s movie, it never is as good. For example, they tried to make a remake Footloose. Nobody can remake Footloose. Footloose. The original was just too good. So I was thinking it'd be kind of cool if maybe they did a remake of Back to the Future. And in this remake, maybe Marty McFly could go back to the 80s and see what life was like then. I think that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, that would be definitely really cool. Well, thank you. Thanks for letting me interview you today. No problem. Anytime.